welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also joined by Mr. Mac White. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. You are joined as well by a third host. Is it Lee? Is it Josh? We will find out. Drum roll, please. Say hi, mystery guest. Hi, Josh. It's it's not Josh. It's Lee. (laughs) Woo! My, uh, my josh impression was shit indeed um <laughs> sorry can i just ask you just for a second could you remind us what episode number it is i was just about to do that lee <laughs> funnily yeah, enough because it is episode number two four seven seven <laughs> i've not got and, that many uh, fingers on one what hand what were we just talking about i uh, we were talking about snooker which is one four seven one four seven yeah uh, yeah it's close I mean, what what a segue. To be honest with you, I'm sure most of the listeners don't even know what snooker is. Oh, it's so depressing. It's like tennis, but on a a table, but instead of... (laughs) Why have you just not equated it with pool, but it's on a bigger thing and it takes 20 times longer? Oh, it does, yeah. Because they're about twice twice the length of a um, pool table, aren't they? It depends because yeah, um, in America the pool tables are even smaller. Over pool. here they're really small as well. Um, so well, the pool, pool tables on a have second. a fixed, fixed unit of length, so you can have mm. pool tables can like different tournaments will have different lengths of pool table, and then snooker is played on twelve foot by six foot. Yeah, and, and so it's, it's like so much bigger than it sounds. Essentially, <laughs> it's, it's it's croquet but on a table. For for our American oh listeners, just in case you're confused, it's it's table croquet. But it's also, you know, the the people who play it and who are good at it, they are widely renowned as geniuses because they 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 are thinking like seven steps ahead of everyone else, and uh, it's just an amazing game. And last night, best snooker player ever, Ronnie O'Sullivan, won his seventh world title. Wonderful, wonderful, equaling Stephen in. Hendry's record of seven. He was the guy with the guitar, weren't he? Stephen Hendry. <laughs> no, that was that was Jimmy White. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we we have talked. I mean, we're only like two minutes into the podcast, but we have talked far too long about big big pool. Um, so I'm, I might have to like hack high player and go and watch it because I couldn't watch it. Get yeah, but yeah, well, I have. So what's I'm what's gonna, a visible panty line going to do to him? I didn't even know it was on. I didn't because I, you know, you get like you see adverts about it and stuff when you live in the UK and you like you see about it. But all I saw was, "Oh, well done, Ronnie, you won." I mean, put, you, is, put your hands up. Because... Put your hands up now if you've seen any advertisements for snooker. Hey. I've got my hand up. Have you? Did you? Oh, I watched most of the tournament. I fucking oh, love snooker. I'm a sad bastard. So, <laughs> so I'm so, I'm very so much in the minority here. Although yeah. I feel. I am in the majority with our listeners. Yeah, but you know, maybe. <laughs> that's, but they're that's not here, and they're not talking to me. So, <laughs> however, um, every time I watch Ronnie play, he loses. So it's just as bloody well I didn't watch it. Now I can go Indeed. back and watch it safely. I mean, you know, he's he's yeah. thanked his lucky stars that you've moved to Swedonia. He has. <laughs> he's back at the world number one now. You're over there. <laughs> Is it? Like I got on a real bad luck streak. <laughs> Man. But hey ho, we are we are here. It is number 
247, which apparently is tangentially related to Big Paul. Um, and Not one more. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> one more, but at the, at the left side. Um, as we usually do, we pontificate on our week before we hastily shove the news right at the end. Um, so let's not break with tradition this week. Um, who wants to go first? What have we been up to, guys? Matt, why don't you break with wind? I, I can break wind if you like. <laughs> I mean, if you do, it will be, uh, it will have reverb added uh, to it. That's yeah, well, we, to- I, we totally I missed a bloody another snooker pun there talking about break, didn't we? We did, but we should probably move on from the snooker now. <laughs> We have to. <laughs> that we should. But yeah. So, no uh, what have we done? I have gigged and I've been to a musical auction. Those are the two things that I've done in the last seven days. Seven days? Eight days? I don't know. When did we record last week? I don't know. It's It seemed like a while a, ago. Yeah, anyway. it seemed like a while ago. So, but yeah. the, the gig thing tends to happen quite regularly. So, let's yeah. have a have a talk about the other thing. At least nowadays <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I I basically saw a post online from the lo- the only local auction house that rather than just their generic art and you know somebody's garage contents, they were having an auction of a load of like so it was something like two and a half thousand vinyls and about three hundred lots of musical instruments and associated stuff. So, like, mixing desks, PA systems, pedals, guitars, clarinets, saxophones, like, all sorts of nonsense. And rather than just going, oh, you know, you can build I've got to learn clarinet. (laughs) Well, the other thing, like, I could have just sat at home and, like, if I was going to bid on anything, bid online. I, the missus is big into vinyl and so am I. So we was like, do you know what, let's make an afternoon of it. And we went, I think it started about 12 o'clock and I think we got home about half three. So it's like, a good chunky Saturday, but it was great fun actually. Um, I'd initially gone in for two things, which was a Boss CE2 and a Boss DM2, and then later on I noticed that there was also a slow gear in there as well. Um, I came away with the DM2, which I got it way below what they're going online. The CE2, I bid up to what it goes for on reverb and then stopped, and it kept going. And going and going. <laughs> like there's there's definitely people over here that really like that pedal. Do you um, feel like standing up and going, Are you people crazy? <laughs> it, it they're going for about two hundred and twenty quid on uh reverb, and I think after fees it probably cost the person about two hundred and ninety quid. So I think they'd have been better at buying it on reverb. I mean you could have probably got one shipped in from the States for that. <laughs> but Do you, um, you know these are all made in Japan, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is like, yeah. I mean, mine's a black screw made in Japan. I believe eighty six. I can't. It doesn't actually say on the back of it. But I, what I need to do is open it up and have a look at the chip because there's two chips apparently, uh, and one of them is not easy than that. Uh, under one the of screw, them is more. Yeah. Open up the thing where you look in, and there'll be a serial number, and just check it online. Yeah. So I took all of the screws out, and it's never been opened ever because. It the but the bottom just won't come off. No, no, no. Just... Open, open the screw oh, the, and lift the, the, the lift the, the, bit bus, the, bu- the switch up. Yeah, be, so there we should are. be a serial number in there. Should be. It's on a sticker, so it might have come off. Yeah, the sticker's not there. Ah, 
So yeah, I do need to open it up and have a look. But hopefully, um, it's I can't remember the number of the series. The it's a three three thousand and six or something. I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a sort after chip and there's a less sort after chip. But um, I will open it up at some point. I'll just need to get something quite fine and not damage it when I. Oh, that would be one. horrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> you damage yeah, you it when you open pull it up and you go, off and you're yeah. like, "Oh, there goes half a value." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you yeah, realise it's, it's the, under the earlier battery, one. Can you see? Oh, if it's under the battery, there's a battery in there, so I'll reopen it. I mean, I'll, I'll continue to talk because yeah. So the what I'm gutted about is, had the CE not been at the end of the auction, I'd have bid more on the slow gear because that went for about three hundred quid, and they go online for like five fifty, six hundred, six fifty. Oh, so, I do have a serial number, so I will Google that later. Nice. Should we do it live on air? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose we can. Um, there's also some other things that you um, that you got at this auction as well, chased. weren't there? Yeah, so because um, I'm in two bands and both of them have one mixing desk and there was a Yamaha, a flight-cased Yamaha 12-input mixing desk that went for 50 quid, I'd pick that up because the flight case is probably worth twice that. Yeah, you ain't getting that deal again. So yeah, I was like, do you know what? Okay, it's only got two monitor outs, but most of the time one of the bands only uses two and the other band uses three usually, but we can like have a set like one monitor mix for the singer and then one monitor mix for the rest of the band. We can get away with that and patch between the two monitors. So I picked that up as well. Um and it'll be like I say, it'll be great as a backup in case anything goes wrong and I'll just basically take it take it to every gig and it'll live in the van and it won't get damaged in the van because it's in a flight case yeah so we were talking last week about how I very rarely bring a set of strings along to um to a gig like a spare set of strings and you're now bringing a spare fucking mixing desk <laughs> like yeah. the 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 wealth gap between our um preparedness is is um just getting bigger <laughs> yeah it is and then the other thing i bought was a, a guitar that had been made by luthier in the states that i can't remember the name of now i think darren green maybe something along those lines basically it's like a um what was the evh guitar called the wolfgang wolfgang it's that kind of shape but instead of having a stupid wizard neck on it it's got a fair i mean it's not chunky at all but it's not nowhere near as slim as a wizard or anything yeah, like that. Substantial. A, a, yeah, substantial. Yeah, a normal-ish, maybe on the slim side of a slim strat neck kind of um, kind of feel. Um, Floyd Rose, Trem System, um, I don't know what the pickups are that are in it, but... Um, hang about, hang about, hang about. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were glossing over that yeah, right there as if, to, as if it was a did, normal occurrence. Um, yeah, so I've never owned a Floyd Rose guitar in my life before. Indeed. And to be fair, like the the band that I joined most recently have often talked about doing a couple of Van Halen songs or doing some songs that would need some some widdly widdlies, as I would call oh, it. Yes. And I'm sure you would as well. Indeed, yes. Um, Childish wiggleness, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, bid on it. Um, it there was basically three of these there. And one was in a flight case and two weren't. So I was like, oh, I'll bid on the one with a flight case. Yeah. And I picked it up for 200 quid plus fees, which was like another 36 quid. Yeah. So um, 
the flight case that it came in was a Warwick one that costs about 160 quid new. Um, and it's in perfect condition. The guitar itself, um, the last one that went in the UK went for 450 The last one that went in the States went for $600. So they're, they're not cheap instruments. They're, I mean, yeah. I suppose they are cheap for handmade luthier, luthier stuff, but it's a, a really good quality guitar. It knows what it is. It's a super strat with a different shape. There's no tone control. There is a five-way <laughs> switch because it's HSH. And there is a volume control, and yeah, it yeah, um, it needs a setup because the 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 guy who um had had it before me was actually my old guitar teacher, um, it needs a setup because he plays so lightly that I like if I play it it'll just rattle, um, it needs the bridge raising up a little bit and obviously then then everything else will need adjusting to sort of but it's like um the adjustment for the truss rod is at the heel. Uh, the, the yeah the heel but you don't need to take the neck off because it's it got like one a of thumb these. wheel yeah it's like a thumb wheel but with a um with a yeah, bit holes just stick yeah yeah that you can just twist so i will take that to the local tech and get get the the bridge raised just so that i won't just rattle the hell out of it if i play it i, I like future hot take i think all um truss rods should be that yeah i do yeah yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't argue with you because the 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 problem with it being at the top end is it just it weakens the neck joint and also it looks a bit shit, doesn't it? And they're well, a pain I, in the ass to get for, to as well. I do for bolt on necks anyway. I don't know if it's possible on on glued necks. Eh, what to I have a know. thingy at the the base? Because like, yeah, because you could just yeah, it's just got to cut no out hang. where the the last fret ends. So. But you'd have to drill a hole to get the rod in in the first place. Yeah, within the like the neck. Before you, but you'd have to. You'd be, also have to drill it into the pocket, wouldn't you? Unless I suppose, yeah, if you put the fretboard on, then it's fine. Yeah. Or if you take a, a chunk out of the last fret, which I've seen done before, at the middle of the last fret, or uh, yeah, like after the the fretboard after the last fret has got like a cut out on it. That's yeah. that's generally what they do because my. Uh, my bass guitar's got that, and I just I'm envious of how easy and accessible it is. Mm. I mean, I've I've had it out um, against uh, truss rod covers for the longest time. Anyway, I tend to like take the them off reason. and leave them. It's kind of like the reason I like locking tuners, not because because they don't really give you that much extra tuning stability, other than you haven't got lots of winds around the end, um, but. It's just the ease of changing strings. Yeah, and yeah. that's something I need to learn is this has got a locking nut, and I've never used one of those in my entire life. And, of course it has, yeah. Yeah, and like... Oh, that's it's a game. These, like, it's, it, it's, it's also got the fine tuners on the... It's not a, yeah. one of the cheap knockoff ones, so you've got the fine tuners at the, the bridge end. I think they all, they all do, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, the um, fine tuners, what they do is they tilt the um, the saddle itself. <laughs> which is strange but it makes sense but yeah um yeah like i i can't wait to get this thing set up because actually i can like try and teach myself some new techniques for a while because i don't i don't have anything that i could even attempt to shred on like so the, the, the 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 closest thing i've got really is the the les paul and that's not really a shredder's guitar is it, it i've got nothing that's a super strat-esque no I mean, 
Zach Wilde might argue. <laughs> but, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, Les, Les Pauls aren't built for shred, but people use them despite that. Yeah, so like Steve Stevens, and yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this this is like the, the upper fret access. Like, it's also the first 24 fret guitar I've ever owned, and I felt a bit dirty. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, just grab a couple of pliers and pull the last two out. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if you're going to have like a similar experience to what I've had with the with the um, Strandberg because when I go back to Marvel guitars now, I'm like, fuck, this is hard to play. <laughs> I don't think I will because I've always like a chunkier neck anyway. So have um, I. And, like, <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I, like don't get me wrong, I want to get this thing up and running, but I, I it will be. Uh, like most of the time it'll sit at home and yeah. obviously your your advice of always keep a three mil um yeah, allen allen key key on you. You. it has three allen keys on the back one three mil one for the not one for adjusting the saddles on the bridge and i don't know what the other one is for yet yeah well there's, there's a thir- there's a third one for a different size so with with the um the Ibanez Edge system, which is basically like a, a Floyd Rose, the three mil uh, Allen key works for all of them. So okay. you only need one, and it, you can get everything done on it. It's fantastic. Yeah, the so only this thing... must have two different ones at one bit, and then obviously it's got the tiny little one for adjusting saddle height as well. Okay, yeah. You've got. What would you say are the sort of like. Um advice points that you would give for using a Floyd Rose like from not experiencing one before like, uh, oh um it I mean mainly I'm talking about it's set up as opposed to actually playing with it yeah get like, someone else to do it <laughs> <laughs> so the the way that you tune it um is not the way that you tune a regular guitar like it's it's all very modular when you tune a normal guitar, you tune the E and then you'll tune the A, you'll tune the... And you'll go up all of them and it's your sound. So you, you do, I know you can't do that with it. Yeah, you want to tune incrementally or um, a trick that I found is you over-tune the low strings. Mm. So you tune <laughs> almost up to F with the E and then yeah, a little bit lower. Less with the yeah. A. And... and by the time you get to the D, you're kind of tuning <laughs> somewhere there. And... and you get up to the high E, and the the low E will have pulled itself back down. Yeah, and when you change string, make sure you put the fine tuner back into kind of like a center center place. Otherwise oh we'll yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> you look up. You got it. You got it to max, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I need to detune. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you forgot That's to undo the the thumb wheel from last time, and you've you've just like just set it up and tuned all the strings up so that they're. In tune, and then you go, okay. Now I've just got to do a little bit of fine tune. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You're, you might find as well that um, when it's tuned up, you might find that it just like notches a little bit. So it might just sit in there, and then it might go notch like that, and that means that the knife edge kind of needs sharpening because it's gone a little bit square at the end. It sits in like this, and it might be like that, so it's going notch like that. And that will just mean that needs sharpening. Um, yeah. Well, like I say, I'm I'm not doing any setup myself. Sod yeah. that. To be honest with you, I might just get it reset up every time it needs new strings. I mean, <laughs> that, that's a good idea. Like, um, I'll, I'll put Ernie Ball's Super Slinkies. Uh, not sorry, Ernie Ball. I'll put Elixir um, coated yeah. strings on it. And the only thing I find with them is they tend to go 
when the inner core of one of the round strings goes. And obviously, there's no brake angle with the um, yeah, the Floyd Rose just anchored at like both there is points. on a Fender. So hopefully, yeah. like it'll be every two years, and they're like, "Oh, it's been two years. I probably need a setup." And smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. going back to what uh, what um what you were saying about like the tuning them. You know, like if if you tune one up too much, there's there's benefits to that. Like you can if you bend your high E string and play your low E string, you can change the pitch of your low E string because it does it all. But if you snap one of your strings whilst you're playing, the you whole f- fucking thing's Yeah, bollocks. you might as well throw it in the bin. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen it happen before. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah it's. Uh... I've, I've watched some... What were they playing? They were playing... They were doing the solo for Jump to Van Halen and about three notes in, the uh, the B strings, and they kept going, and it was oh. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was just like... Your best bet there is to find one string which is randomly, like, vaguely yeah, in key and just play on that one string. <laughs> yeah, no, he just kept going like, oh, it's okay, I'll just... Anything on the B string, I'll either go five that way or five that way. And yeah, no, it didn't. It it sounded fucking awful, but it was hilarious to watch. Trouble is, it's not even. It's just like all the strings got a tune. All the fucking intonation goes as well. Yeah, because, yeah. Because Every, everything has gone there. because yeah. your bridge has shifted forward. <laughs> if you got to be careful not to over tighten. I know you said you're not setting it up, but other people listening might be. So, yeah. um, on the end where you tighten up the little the little um, block that moves along. Firstly, you got to be careful not to let that little block fall out it will and you lose that you're fucked right <laughs> but um when you tighten that up yeah the little clamps tighten it up yeah oh you've got to tighten it up so it's like uh tight enough but if you over tighten it you will You'll break the string yeah <laughs> same with the nut at the uh the locking nut as well yeah floyd i've rose got all this to learn so like I, I will at some point have a go at restringing a floyd rose but like i i ummed and ahed about changing the strings on a bigsby and actually that that wasn't too bad but Floyd Floyd Rose just yeah like uh, to be fair if you'd have asked me last week I'd have said why would I buy a guitar with a Floyd Rose <laughs> <laughs> so I've already made yeah. the, made the made the jump and like secretly I've always quite wanted a, a Floyd Rose system just so that I can do dive bombing every now and again what I really want to do is take it to a gig and do like Red House or something and then just halfway through the solo <laughs> just <boom. laughs> we used to do that all the time so we used to go to like uh, jam nights where everyone was like blues players and we were all metal players and we all had like Ibanez's and I had my, my shine um, my red shine one with the, the, the... yeah yeah we know, anyway. we know. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah we used to just like fucking do all these like shredding stuff all over, really badly well I was really bad at it but, but yeah it was all like fucking whammy bar and slash and sorry not slash satch and stuff like that it was crazy indeed indeed mm. Yeah, but yeah, um, I basically bought it because it'd be a really versatile guitar, and like I say, I can finally do tr- see if I can teach myself to do some shredding and maybe a bit of tapping. Yeah, cause... for the for the price of, I mean, you wouldn't even be able to get a classic vibe second hand for that these days. No, yeah, two hundred thirty six so... quid. You're not buying anything that's yeah, you know, like a, a pretty decent Harley Benton would go for that. Yeah. And then you'd have to set it up and probably yeah. replace the pickups and yeah. So um yeah, pretty chuffed. And like I say, the, the hard case alone cost most of what I paid for the 
paid for the guitar. And actually, the hard case also fits a normal Strat. So nice. I basically bought a hard case for my Strat and got yeah. a free guitar. Got a guitar with it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, yeah. Matt. Matt. Send me over that um, serial number. And I'll I've, I've already decoded it. So oh, have you? the date of this DM2 is March 1983. Ooh. Nice. So that's older <laughs> than I am. Yep. And me. Indeed. Told than all of us on the podcast. Indeed. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I got an old thing. You did, but, like a good old thing. Although it it is missing the L, so it's it's actually not a delay. It's a DA. Yeah, it's a DADM two. <laughs> DADM two. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that sounds foreign. That's northern. <laughs> DADM yeah, I mean, two. Like like I say, like it. it it's chipped all over the place. Like it's clearly been around for twenty years. Yeah, it's been years. loved. Um, it's got the guy's in, in first initial, so he's J on the, above the um, power jack input. J is what? for D- jack. D- it's, it's a DJ. T- tells you where D- to put the power jack. Yeah, but I mean, like I say, for it's a a, a classic pedal that's only going to appreciate in value probably. So indeed, I might hang on to it, and then if I get short on cash, I'm sure I can flip it for quite a bit more than I paid for it. So. They only came out in eighty one, so that's a very early one, considering they're still being made. Well, yeah. the, the well, Wazza one the, is anyway. The Wazza one is. I was going to say. The, yeah, they, they, they were discontinued made for a while. Nineties, have they? They never replaced it though. Did they? they never made like a DM three. No, no, they didn't make a DM one either. So why two? Uh, they uh, the compacts generally speaking start with two. I think it's to do with Japanese lucky numbers. Um, there's some reason that you don't get. Uh, certain numbers of um of pedals uh, from boss but i don't know the specifics of it but you do get like um you do get some of the some of the small ones are ones and i'm trying to think what they are what comes in one ds1 <laughs> yes, one, of course yeah <laughs> that sounds like a very S- posh SG1 way of from yeah. stargate sg1 hey <laughs> so um, lee i don't know about the others mm. You you uh you done some some stuff this week. You've done a demo demo yeah. on a hotly anticipated pedal. Yep. So um, what I wanted to do was kind of um, I wanted to demo the um, DL4 Mark II it, um, in a way that I've not seen anyone demo it before, um, which was quite easy. It was a way that I've seen other people do to other pedals and stuff. So. Um, I've basically gone through all of the vintage um, delays and just played them one by one. And yeah. I've got uh, I've got to edit it down and release it tomorrow. But um, I've got about an hour's worth of playing. I've got to edit it down into about four minutes. So that's going to be fun. Nice. <laughs> I was going to do some talking over it, but I might actually just not because <laughs> I've got enough work to do as it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was nice, and, and um, I've just played how each um each effect kind of made me feel like playing yeah to try and showcase it and then what i'll do is i'm gonna do the uh the the, the new eight uh, the hx, HX versions and then the reverbs as well exactly yeah there's 15 of each and uh, you know i'm gonna get them out and we'll have like three nice demos of it and i think that'll be quite comprehensive as well yeah. Um, so anyone looking to do that, I don't think I'll demo the looper. I might, but uh, demoing loopers isn't the easiest thing in the world. 
I mean, oh. at the very best, you'd just do like a really short tutorial on how it works, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, I've got to work it out first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, True yeah, that. I have used the looper on this, um, but I think there's more to it than what I've done. Yeah. Um, so that that'd be quite cool. I've um, I've also been working on my studio as well. So I've laid some carpet down in there, moved some things around. Um, I had two rooms that are right next to each other, but you have to walk basically more than the length of the house to get from one to the other because they back onto each other and the doors are the opposite sides. And one had stuff for the... Uh, one is a storage room that had stuff that, for my music room, my studio in it. Yeah. And the other one was the studio the that had a lot of stuff that needed to go in. <laughs> so you had to go to around the, the house to get... <laughs> oh, yeah, so there's a lot of that, a lot of um, going backwards and forwards, and I had a lot of tools in there where I've been doing work as well, so they had to all go back in the tool cupboard, only for me to go and need them again in the next few days. So I, I will need them again, but I thought, just get these out of the way while I'm laying the carpet down. Yeah. Um, so that's done. I've got to get some uh, car uh, curtains put up in there for the soundproofing. I've got some foam to go on the ceiling in the corners and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, very excited. The foam, actually, funny enough. Sorry. Poodle-um. <laughs> on silent. Foam, funny enough, is only for my benefit because everything's going to be DI'd into yeah. the mixer coming through virtual cabs. Oh, it helps you with mixing, though, stuff. doesn't it, if you've got a less live room? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the virtual cabs I'm going to be using are going to be more or less the same as what I'm using in the room anyway. Yeah, I might even get a victory cab um, and stick that up in the back um, just so I can hear it. And it means I haven't got to wear headphones and monitors and stuff inside the room. I can do it. I can just play. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to being able to make some really high quality demos. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm quietly anticipating some of these coming out as well. Because I've seen the, yeah. the work that you've put in and you've got some absolutely stonking gear as well. I've, I'm very lucky with gear. Very, very lucky with gear. Um, yeah, I've been playing around with my GT1000 Core a little bit because we've been talking about that a little bit. Um, we have, and, um, we have. Yeah, I've potentially got something on the horizon for that, haven't we? Yeah, bring it to me. Bring me the uh, horizon. Um, hmm. Please don't. Please <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, there are some demos that I need to work on. I've been really anxious not anxious been really anticipating bringing them out yeah. um i've also been uh talking to some friends about how to get the air step working with the es8 because there isn't actually a patch for that yeah so we're looking at creating one and just trying to work out like troubleshoot why i'm having issues so i've got to give a shout out to um a couple of people okay so i want to give a shout out to john chase um who runs the es8 group who is a top guy he's he's really funny although he runs the es8 group anytime anyone posts a uh like a picture of um a board with an es8 on the um on pedal boards of doom he's like so what's that then <laughs> <laughs> and uh alec bourne who um is a very big uh advocate for the um advocado for the um airstep <laughs> And um, he uh, is like the MIDI lord. Any MIDI issues you've got, he is like, you just speak to him and he's like, he's got it nailed. So yeah, check, check the guys out. Uh, Alex Bourne's all over the shop in terms of um, 
like on the groups and stuff like that. And he's like, like I say, MIDI master. I'm gonna have to have a chat with him. See what else I can get out of this air step. Yeah, man. Have you managed to uh, link it up to your door at all? No, I've not. I've not tried that yet. But it has. Well, you can link it up to the door and like click click on a foot, and it'll just open your door, and you can walk in the room, and you click it off, and it close the door yeah. behind you. Automated <laughs> doors, yeah. yeah. I mean, Fantastic. <laughs> like but living in the eighties. It's, it's an absolute <laughs> shit if you forgot to take the pedal with you. You go out of the door, then you're trapped. <laughs> I think that's how it works anyway. No, I've not done that because I would be the kind of guy who locks myself out of the door using the air step. <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Uh, I don't know. That was that was too too sudden. Too suddenly. <laughs> suddenly. Whee! Uh, so I did a... Um, like a no talkal tone versus last week, and it's quite popular. It's the K line orange burst versus the Joyo deluxe crunch, and it's uh, it's garnered some some quite interesting conversation. There's a lot of opinions about these two pedals. They're kinds of Marshall in a box style pedals. I think one is based on the BB preamp. The other is based on the um, MI Crunchbox, like the second mm. iteration of it with the presence and tone control. Mm. So, like both are within that Marshall ballpark, um, but there's the the um, the K line one is like considerably brighter sounding, um, and they give two completely different flavors but it's it's almost been like dividing the um the audience in half so i really painful (laughs) (laughs) not not directly down the middle but like i I really like those videos that that get the uh get the conversations flowing so i really enjoyed that one that was released this week uh sorry released last week two weeks ago probably by this point of also timey-wimey Indeed. This current, the most recent one uh, that come out, finally, finally, is the TC Electronics Bucket Brigade. Whee! Which, spoilers, it's awesome. <laughs> Did you just shit yourself, Lee? <laughs> that, that, that weren't a fart. That was, that was far too wet to be a fart. I mean, I haven't stopped fasting since we got in here and my mother-in-law needs to sleep in this room tonight. Nice. I feel really awful. <laughs> Unlucky. She's going to um, feel really awful later. Yeah, she's going to walk into it. I'm going to have to open that window up in a second. You, you, you definitely fucking will because I can smell it from here. <laughs> uh, but yes, back, back, to, back to things which aren't Lee's farts. Um the the um bucket brigade delay which i know that like we when we um reported on it initially we were saying is this the carbon copy but like half the price yeah pretty much <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> it does that um the the repeats on it are slightly more pristine than i thought they'd be i thought they'd be somewhere more in the region of like the dm2 
But then we've well, you've got the modulation on it as well, haven't you? You have got the modulation. Yeah, that you've got the the depth control is uh it's on the front of the pedal, so you don't have to go rooting through the back of the pedal, which we're <laughs> we're gonna talk about a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Sorry, that was last no, week. That was the that was, yeah, last was week. the week we, before. We confirmed that it's factually correct that you don't want to open the back of a pedal up to use it. Mm. I that mean, it week. still does have that option for those people who who feel it is necessary because you've got the speed of the modulation in the pedal, but you've got just the depth like the, on the outside. Yeah, just like the um, carbon copy does as well. The carbon copy's got both on the inside. Yeah, and it's got the mod switch as a push button rather than a toggle. But yeah, it like for all intents and purpose, it is. A carbon copy, more like a carbon copy. Bright. So, is it a carbon copy of the carbon copy? Yes, yes. <laughs> what some might say. Uh, it is. It's fantastic, and it's really small as well. So it's it's much more convenient than I thought it would be. Because I thought it would be the same size as the um, like the afterglow that you've got, and the like the 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 big box TC Behringer motherfuckers. Yeah. But it's not; it's smaller. Smaller That's than handy, that, so. because those ones do get a bit cumbersome. Yeah, I mean, but you you do also save a bit of space with them being top mounted and yeah, being absolutely. square sides as well. So yeah, but yeah, this this is like all of that and tiny, so it's like massively convenient. Um, so they're they're really cool. Um, I have potentially got another one another video waiting and ready but i haven't recorded it yet because we're doing this on a tuesday (laughs) (laughs) but i've got an idea for what we're what we're going to go for and it might if i can get like if i can pull my finger out it's going to have the either the joyo american sound or the joyo british sound versus something i might just do them versus each other Fuck it, why not? <laughs> uh, Going back to the Bucket Brigade for a second. Um, okay. The the height of this thing is about the same height as a mini pedal. So something like uh, the exotic um, EP booster or something yeah. along those lines. So that'd be. So uh, it's a lot um, smaller than a normal, like in height wise, it's smaller than a normal. Yeah. It's it's a lot That's smaller. So weird. And then it's top mounted jacks as well. So when you actually think uh with the jacks, it's actually only about one centimeter wider um than a uh than a mini pedal. So this gives me an idea for a, a video because I, I would really like to see more pedals this size. My only concern size. with that is it'll make it a pain in the ass to put on a normal pedal board because mini pedals don't sit well over two rungs. Oh, in height? Yeah. Right. So because it's so short, it'll be shorter than a um, a standard boss or whatever. Mm. And if you try and put a mini pedal over two rungs on a pedal it'll train try. board, it's, it's just you might as well not bother. Yeah. So you have to rotate them sideways and have them vertically above each other. And I, yeah, that's my only concern about that is that, that negates the top mounted jacks. Mm. What I was thinking was I've got a lot of different mini pedals, well, a lot of different pedals here. I've got like this Korg Pitch Black Mini, which is very flat. 
flatter than a normal mini pedal. I've got this little switcher from Tate FX. I've got the Impulse IR loader from TC, which is slightly different size to something like one of the Chinese mini pedals. Then we've got that Bucket Brigade. Then I've got like a, an MXR pedal, which in itself isn't actually that much bigger than the Bucket Brigade. It is bigger. Yeah, it's, it's just enough to kind of... Yeah, it's about another like sixth that. bigger, isn't it? But then yeah. in, in my other hand here, I've got the Jam Dalai Lama, which is a normal pedal size. And you can see it's actually quite considerably bigger than the yeah. MXR pedal. Well, the uh, MXR is the same size as the Nano um, EHX, isn't it? Uh, in the same box yeah, as I a Nano EHX. I think so. I think they are, actually, yeah. Um, so what I was thinking is I might do a video on stability of these. Um, and I, I was just wondering if we can get some feedback from the listeners as to... Whether that would be something they want to see. As in, if you stick them on a board, are they going to fall over when you yeah. try and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like... yeah, because that's the drawback of mini pedals, isn't it? That actually, because there's their uh, like their footprint is so tiny compar- in comparison to the, the height yeah, of the they're pedal. O- they're already wibbly-wobbly. Yeah, they're a bit like a, a double-decker bus, aren't they? What the hell is this thing? This is the uh, core black mini, and it has so little feet has that come feet. out the side. I mean, that's one way of doing it, but that kind of defeats the point of having a MIDI pedal, doesn't it? No, because it's only going as wide as the jacks would be in the side of it. Yeah, yeah. and they're really, they're really small, um, so they would fit under like a, another pedal or something along those lines. So they're like really, really thin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So little feet pop out the bottom on the core pitch black MIDI. I think it's the best idea ever. Like, it's better than but sliced it's, bread. Isn't it like creating a solution to a problem that they've they've made by making a mini ped log like a mini tuner i mean let's be fair right you don't even have to stick them out fully so you could just I mean, you don't, like, just a little bit i'm being a little bit facetious there but it is it's solving a problem that you made um yeah. so but anyway, like we, we've got thing. some arguing to do. We have got some oh, massive, massive arguments and falling <laughs> out to have on it, <laughs> haven't we? So Let's we're, we're going to do some hot takes. Um, I've not got the um, the stats up from this week's one, but I think when I last checked, it was that... Um, so the the this week's hot take, or sorry, last week's hot take was Andrew Bimpson's All Pedals Should Have MIDI. And I think the majority were saying that is a no from me. Yes. So there's only two people that said that Bimson was right, and it's Bimson. Bimson was one of them. (laughs) You. And then five people are correct. Yeah. 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 I mean, (laughs) we've not quite seen the dizzying heights of the last one. Um, But I mean, if we if we put this, I, I okay. I, I should have posted this on Pedalboard today because I, I okay. should shared this up and, and asked because um, I didn't. I, I, I only saw it today and I thought it was one we'd be talking about in the future. I thought last week was the um, the dip switches one. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I think I will post this in and maybe we can come yeah. back to it because I think you'll find that you're wrong. So I'm going to say, really look, uh, as the official... Uh, Official ruling will go with what we've got now because that's how we always do it. But I am going to say to give um, Bimpson's um, wrong opinion a fair crack at the whip. Do share it in Pedal Buzz of Doom and see see what the consensus is. 
Yeah, I think it's too much of a sweeping statement, though. I think it's too much of a broad brush. Yeah, well, he he then contradicted himself in the comments to the poll by saying that maybe not on a one knob fuzz, yeah. and you know, yeah, definitely delays and reverbs, but maybe possibly some drives as well. And I'm like, well, you've just gone back and you're literally disagreeing with your own statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if he would have worded it better, <laughs> I think this could have passed. Like, if he if he would have said that. MIDI has the potential of making pedals better. I think he would have got, he would have rallied the troops with that one because it was so really definitive. That, you? Yeah, yeah you I, can. Who wants a who wants an extra foot switch for their foot switchable thing? It's a pedal. It has a foot switch. I don't want another foot switch. The only other foot switch should be a tap tempo if it's a delay. You just have to look at like how many people put MIDI switches. Right, right, right. Let's uh, let's stop here, lads, because we are dangerously close in being pulled into last week's hot take. Okay, we have got a hot take for this week, and it's a controversial one. It is one that will and has pissed people off. Um, Naming no names. Yeah. So this is almost along the same lines of the Judas Priest are better than maiden kind of thing, but it's it's that and some. So this this is the hot take, and you've got to bear with me for this one because you're gonna be ready to to like burst out with hate straight away. But just <laughs> hear me out, okay? Hear me out. Get on with it then. Come on. Right, Nirvana are to grunge as Kiss are to a seventies American rock. So hear me out. <laughs> just I can I can hear like I can visibly <laughs> cut that tension with a knife. Um, so, the whole um, thought process came from me listening to the two bands um, last week. I listened to like a compilation of Nirvana's tunes, which was like a selection of their quote-unquote best hits. Um, and something which was similar for Kiss, which was like one of the Alive albums, which was like one of their tours. And obviously, if they're touring, they're going to be playing some of their new stuff, but then a lot of the classic hits. So generally speaking, like comparable bits of music. Uh, and aside from like the the hits that don't fall within the the normal parameters of, of each band's work, there was a load of kind of formulaic musicality with both bands in the sense that... Um, like Nirvana used a lot of chord progressions which sounded quite similar. Almost you could hear the influence from like the latter end of the Beatles from Nirvana with like almost like Eastern sounding chord progressions with um, melodies that weren't your standard like one, six, four, five stuff. And it was all like kind of floaty sounding almost jarring but in a in a quite pleasant way but always in the same kind of way as well with kiss it's it was or like their chord progressions were very much diatonic rock and roll um but musically as well like nirvana it was heavy 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 turn off the distortion pedal during the verse to have clean or like mildly overdriving clean 
section. And then the moment the chorus kicks in, you hear that click of the DS1 or or whatever pedal he's been used at the time. And it, it was that for almost every song. It was, here's the light and shade, but you could you could almost time it with a stopwatch as to where these bits of light and shade were. That's the first possibly correct thing that you've said so far. Continue. Um, with Agreed. Kiss, it was... <laughs> It was the same thing, but without instead of like distortion clean, it was a case of okay, here comes in, like here's the one guitar, and then the second guitar comes in with like ringing over chord, and now I know there's definitely going to be riff, riff number one, and it was that formula of I could almost write the song before I'd heard it because it was here's the into a bot and like write a kiss song for me. Yeah, and like when I was listening to both bands, I was like, I'm pretty sure I could get AI to write this and it would be 99% accurate. I don't think that's the case for Nirvana. I really don't. I, I don't. Right, so I... I'm 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 taking out stuff that doesn't fall within that that remit. Um Come as you are, I think is probably one of those because that's majoritatively clean through. Well, uh, hang on. Is it though? Because I think, yeah, it's pretty much only the solo where it gets a bit raucous in that. Yeah. Um. But like, I just I the the bit about you can tell it's a Nirvana song by it if it's phasey but very light overdrive in the verse and a DS one in the chorus. Yes, I'll give you that because like, but that that that's about it. Like the the rest of it, like. I don't think you could teach. I don't think you could import every Nirvana song into a piece of AI, and it would write a Nirvana song. I mean, you can because more or less they all that have Metallica, couldn't you? Yeah, but, I mean, and Nirvana songs all have a different. They they might have a underlying theme throughout them. That's called songwriting. But um, <laughs> they they certainly don't all follow the same theme. It's not even they're not even all about depression or all about suicide or all about miserableness. No, there's Whereas, there's, there's two uh, rape, there's two with rape, Nirvana. Let's get rape. <laughs> so there's there's two with Nirvana. There's um like almost childish innocence and there is shock. Those are the two themes of Nirvana. Um yeah, I'm not sure that's the case. But what what I need to do is go go through um the back catalogue of Nirvana and count the amount of times the word gun is used. And as you you can Take a drink every time it's used out of context. Like, in the middle of a song, I don't have a gun. When there was no mention of firearms at at any point during the song, take a shot. Because you're going to be wasted before you get to the middle part (laughs) of that album. Um, And, like, I'm going to preface this just so that I don't get as much hate as I think I will get for this. I'm not saying that either bands, especially Nirvana, are bad. I, 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 I like Nirvana's. So, Kiss. Kiss are rubbish. They. I, I, and I, I preface this with saying. Kiss are rubbish. One of my favourite songs is, is a Kiss song. <laughs> <laughs> but I also preface that by saying that is absolutely the result of Bill and Ted. Right. So. 
Yeah, and it's a song that's not even Kiss's song, is it? That's Argent. No, it's Argent. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, their version is is absolutely brilliant. And it does, it's a song about like God, and I am definitely not religious. So it, yeah, just, it's super, it's superior to the original. It just it has a bit more magic to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but that's one of the like the kind of the like Bruce Kulick, um, Vinnie Vincent kind of era Kiss stuff doesn't fall into this like formulaic rock pattern as much as like the the classic um ace freely um lineup kiss yeah, where it I, is I, I don't know i i've got very little time for listening to them it's a bit kiss to me is like modern rap Modern rap is is all about yeah I've got all these cars and I've got all these bitches and you know look how cool this is and it's like no I, I want to hear about your fucking hardship mate um, I want to listen to uh, NWA and shit like that you know that, that's what I want to be listening to and and with um, if you're playing the blues sing the fucking blues and I have the same issue and this is a big take I have the same issue with Van Halen like I don't, I. Eddie's fantastic player, all great musicians, uh, and the guys in Kiss are great musicians as well. But I take umbrage with that. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are definitely musicians. Yeah, I, I genuinely I said this when you first brought this up. I was like, they are like the Monkees, but in the seventies instead of the sixties. They're a bunch of frauds. Can't really play their instruments. Put together by. You know, basically a music. I don't know whether this is true, but this is how I envisage Kiss. Somebody went, "You all look a bit weird. Why don't you all wear some makeup and we'll make a band?" That's, oh, that's just, and here you go. So here's so, here's some lyrics for you. Here's here's your entire lyrics: rock and roll, love, crazy, and nights. And there you go. There's your entire fucking all of your musical output uh, and God. for the for the entire period of your band. Yeah. So I th- I think. Um, this, the same thing with the word gun that you do with Nirvana if you use the word love for kiss like even out of context yeah. it is there like I, I 100% say that like kiss's catalogue is about trying to bang women um, there's no there is absolutely no argument about that and I think th- they don't uh, try and hide that I mean th- one of their songs is called Love Gun so it's it's not like it's trying to be subtle but they're like the the formulaic nature of kiss lyrics and kiss lyrics nowhere near to the standard even of the nirvana lyrics but they follow a similar pattern um kiss lyrics you could you could get ai to write um there's yeah. almost a formula where they they find a topic like a, a completely unrelated topic um and they they throw in metaphors as as like they shoehorn them in and try and get these clunky metaphors into how this can be used for banging a woman they they're an unironic steel panther and i know that yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah. the whole point of steel panther is but they they were doing the same thing that steel panther were doing only unironically they were doing it Serious. They thought that's how serious music should be. Or I don't know whether they took themselves seriously, but they seem like they're taking themselves seriously. They certainly don't seem like they're completely taking the piss out of themselves like Steel Panther do. 
No, it's, get... it's all a money train for them. Uh, they they were like the richest band for, for ages because you can buy everything. It, that, yeah. It, it's all about marketing. You can buy a Kiss coffin. I remember seeing this in like a, a rock <laughs> magazine at one point. Um, Is it yeah. covered in a purple mirror that's been smashed? I mean, it's just <laughs> awful. Oh, that washburn. Um, it also the, the Ibanez. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Ibanez as well, yeah. I mean, he did have a washburn at one point. But if you, mm, and they were like smashed mirror effects. They're like Bonamassa. If you name yeah, yeah. it, you can buy a Bonamassa <laughs> condom or whatever. Yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> best best condom I ever saw advertised was you remember when Bruce Willis did that game Armageddon? Um, I do. Uh, he, <laughs> they released some condoms on them, and on the condoms it said Die Hard. <laughs> oh, nice. Sorry, nice. anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, you, you name it, you can buy a Kiss version of it, and they have just yeah, done yeah. this real big marketing campaign to all the Peter Griffins out there, and it's just like that makeup should invoke what ghosts invoke with that sort of makeup, but instead but look, they've made themselves out to be just black and white clowns. Well, they, yeah, they yeah. I mean, clowns. It was clown makeup. It's always back, been clown makeup. Back in the day, it was it was that shock thing because. It's the whole reason that, like, they had a career and Alice Cooper had a career. All of these. No, 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 no. Alice Cooper writes. He 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 fully fully admits that like the the early parts of his career were entirely based on the shock, and that part of that was his stage makeup. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't generic lovey dovey bullshit. It was like the lyrics and something. He's got a song called "Dead Babies." Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not Alice trying Cooper to say that Kiss Ace and Day. Alice Cooper are the same thing, but they went for the same gimmick. They went for the, the makeup wearing. Yeah, yeah. I, so I get it's, where you're coming it's, from. It's but like, like they did it in a totally different way. Yeah, it's like Alice Slipknot Cooper did it properly. Did in in the two thousands. Yeah, they basically did like the the gritty reboot of Kiss. Um, I, I mean, this I, is a I hot remember, take in and of itself, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm um, seeing Kiss for ages and thinking, like, before I ever heard them, because, like, growing yeah. up in the UK, you don't hear Kiss very often. And, yeah, yeah, um, like, you had to search for it, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And when I was growing up, you couldn't search for it because there was no internet. <laughs> so you grow up and you see, like, Kiss uh, adverts or, or in films and these sort of things, and you see them. They look think, like the most brutal fucking thing on the planet, don't they? they? Do. <laughs> and I was so eager to listen to them. And the disappointment, I still feel it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fucking... Uh, when the vacuum... so I... Did I accidentally just, put yeah, just like on? A few cowboy chords and touch like... my dick on that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, this is probably one of the reasons why I absolutely hate Kiss, but, like, my first introduction to Kiss was obviously Bill and Ted. And mm. then after that, like... I, I, I mean, it's all downhill from there, isn't it? Because you've, you've all downhill. The... I was like, oh, <laughs> so they, like, they, they, they look a bit weird and, you know... They're quite kind of interesting, and I I did have an internet connection, but I wasn't like searching for bands and stuff. I was too too busy. It's watching porn. Too busy <laughs> working. <laughs> so like my next exposure to them was Guitar Hero Three, which had I want to rock and roll all night, and that. Oh, just and if it's Kiss. the studio version as well, it, it is the studio version. It like is. that is that it's is that wet, loop wet path for that is four yeah. minutes. There's nothing to it at all. It's like the live like, version is so much people. better. It's it's music for people who want to pretend they like rock. Yeah. 
It, I mean, it's it's definitely <laughs> it's it's music for pop fans that want to be a little bit edgy, mm. or want to so, think that they're a little bit edgy. But so, but I wouldn't say the same about Nirvana. No, Nirvana was uh, Kurt getting across his anguish from his really bad childhood because he his father was like this real big Republican and into he was just a horrible bastard. And, um, you know, I've, I've read the memoirs and stuff like that. So you get a kind of a bit deeper understanding. But um, th- this is why the, the lyrics are so, like, cryptic, really, because it's kind of him just sorting through his bullshit in his head and kind of, like, just putting it to paper. You you, you look through his... Um, one of his memoirs is kind of, like, just page a page of all of his... Because he used to write down everything. Um, and... Um, there's just page after page after page of these scribblings, almost like a crazy person. And a lot of the lyrics are just that put onto like him putting them into words and these sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I understand. I'm going to do that. I fucking open AI. It's not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, it's, it's, I'm not trying to draw 100% parallels between both bands. I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, the musicality, like, the actual music that's produced, not the law that's behind them and the marketing, like, the absolute marketing yeah. machine that kisses. Because, again, I, I, like, even if Kurt hadn't have died back in the 90s, I don't think we'd be, like, sipping Nirvana mugs, wearing our Nirvana dressing gowns and... <laughs> Although people no. used to wear the um, the smiley face hoodie well, the all the time, didn't they? T-shirt is always just going to be yeah. out there because it was the one yeah, yeah. thing that that they were allowed they were allowed to monetize or merchandise. So. How 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 much is that the opposite of this band that looks like they're worshiping Satan and like going to just fucking tear your soul out, and then doing that to oh here's a smiley face and guess what it sounds like Nirvana, you know it's like the polar opposite. Yeah, so yeah, kind of. I mean, I mean, the big the big thing for me is you've said that the music is formulaic and a, a, apart from the guitars going from clean to distorted with Nirvana, I don't think it is. And even more than that, Kiss aren't singing like a a ninth harmony over a G chord and like running into a, a melody with all these upper extensions. If you listen to where the melody goes with Kurt's. Um, vocals over the top of the fairly simplistic chords that he's playing. He's instead of playing the upper extensions on the guitar, he's singing the upper extensions with his voice. Yeah, he's, yeah. Look, he's making complicated music with simple music. He's he's combining the two. Whereas Kiss, it was simple music with a simple melody sung over the top. I, I, I'd like to also ask. You know, when you like kind of leave Nevermind running, and you have like after about five minutes of silence, you kind of have that weird fucking. Hang on a minute, they're on LSD and they're playing their instruments, and they really shouldn't be. Pit, how formal like is that? <laughs> I don't think he was talking about that specific. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, like, we're talking like the standard deviation, aren't we? We're not. We're not talking like the the low, low, low end, which is the LSD music, and we're not talking about the. Um, the the breakout hits that don't kind of follow the that particular formula, but there is a lot kind of in that in that middle section. There's a lot there, more there than just many albums. Yes, but there's there's within that there's a lot of uh, kind of formulaic repetition. And I'm not saying that the complexity of Nirvana's music is comparable to the complexity of Kiss. Like Kiss's music is Doctor Zeus. 
in music <laughs> format. Um, but you like you can time on a watch yeah. when the when the breakdown riff is coming in. You can time on a watch when like Paul Stanley's guitar single guitar chord is coming over the jugger 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 jugger. I mean, and, you can and, do that with most bands. Uh, I, I remember when we were younger and we were trying to learn solos or we were just like, me and my mates were sitting there talking about, oh, this solo is really wicked. You would go on to any, um, any video or any music thing and you would skip to three quarters of the way through and just around there is going to be the solo. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a slight difference between that and like being able to pinpoint the next musical bit to a T like the switching off of a distortion pedal. Um, Like, I would argue that, like, other bands that I I would compare within that time frame, like Black Sabbath have such an eclectic um, span of music that you'd you'd struggle to find, like, a handful of Sabbath songs that follow that same formula. Same with Led Zeppelin, even if part part or all of it is pilfered. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so is everything else. Same um, with Deep Purple, like and Rainbow. I would struggle sure. to find two Deep Purple songs which sound close enough in terms of structure, in terms of like melody, in terms of Highway like, Star and Black Knight. A very kind of. It's not Highway Star and Black Knight, is it? Because Black Knight's doom doom do doom, whereas Highway Star is yeah. But if you take the doom doom do doom doom out, the verse and the the verse of both of those are pretty much the same song. I mean, it's it's a bit of a stretch, but that's that's like two two songs. Like literally, when I when I when I when I sing the end of I'm a Highway Star, my mind goes do 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 do, which is not Highway Star. I mean, Highway Star, and there's another there is another Deep Purple tune which, like, pedals on that G. No, because that's that's iconic, and it's but it starts with a riff. It does, and then you go dun, 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 dun. That, That's obviously that's, fucking. That's not <laughs> that's, a, that's warping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're very similar. Um, but those are two different bands. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, um, but you could also apply this to Maiden, of course, because like yeah, yeah. I mean, the are more bands, and of course, yeah. Your argument, his, yeah. his entire argument about Maiden was all of their songs are the same song. Yeah, and like I, I could I could interchange the words Nirvana and Kiss with ACDC, Maiden. I could do it with uh, especially Status Quo. Fuck me. That's, that's the whole preface, the preface of yeah. Their, I mean, the, they they the very much lean into around. that, don't they? they? There was they a... do, but actually, if you look, you listen into some of their hits, they sound completely different. Well, they, yes, they like some of the hits, though. Some of the hits. Yeah, no, totally. I I totally get it. The the filler on the albums is all. But I mean, uh, Chuck Berry wrote two uh, songs in his entire career. Yeah, and and he did some some awful things as well. So we we maybe maybe don't talk too much about Chuck Berry. That's that Disney song, isn't it? We don't talk about Chuck Berry. Um, but th- there we go. That that is enough pontification, anyway, because we are we're well over the hour mark, and we've not done a lick of news. So if you oh, if you of get Gene my... Simmons, pardon, 
Gene Simmons, we, we forgot to mention because you mentioned Liquid News. He does have a huge tongue, and that is something he, that other bands don't have. <laughs> so you're I saying mean, the individuality of Kiss I mean, comes I mean, from that, Gene Simmons' because Gene Simmons' tongue. Yeah. That that is kind of the point. You know, we I know little to nothing about Kiss because they just disappointed me hugely. Other than Gene Simmons has got a huge tongue, and he has slept with more women than I don't know Chuck Berry. So. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, that's that's where we're gonna <laughs> gonna wrap this hot take for this week. If you agree yeah, okay. that like Nirvana, Art of Grunge, as Kiss Art of Seventies American Rock, then hit that hit that yes button. If you don't, and I imagine that there's going to be a lot of people that don't, um, and I'm okay if this one doesn't get shared in the Pedal Boards of Doom group. That's fine. Um, <laughs> it's not pedal related at all. No. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you're on the same wavelength as me, by all means, like, back me up on this one. I understand. I understand that I'm losing on this one. But I thought a little bit of controversy ain't going to hurt no one. Please, no death threats. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, news. We'll do a news. We'll do... We'll do one because we've got uh, 10 minutes before this becomes a Christmas special. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, uh, I'm going to go the Earthquaker Devices special cranker. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is this is my new nick- nickname for Lee now. He's a, he's a right special cranker. Um, uh, who, so... Who... Who thought of? I mean, I assume that a, a earthquake are an American company. They are, yeah, yes. Uh, okay. Jamie so they don't, they don't particularly it's... use wanker as an insult, then. No, where, where, I mean, where they're from. There was a there was a, an advertisement on Facebook that keeps cropping up. It keeps going on Facebook and Instagram, and it's for a, a company that sell microphones that you attach to your mobile phone. The company's called Jobby. <laughs> um, <laughs> And the amount of, like, the comments, the comments, my God, are <laughs> worth it. Just, so just to keep, uh, keep our overseas listeners in the loop, jobby might not sound like a, a particularly interesting phrase, like turn of phrase, to, to anyone outside the UK. In Scotland, <laughs> jobby means a shit. So <laughs> um, that's a, a pretty bad, pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> Your your audio can sound like Jobby, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, this this again kind of misses the mark with that. However, the speaker cranker, um, I created a version of it uh, on Ferro board, I believe. Ferro board's horrible, um, but the speaker cranker is basically like a drive pedal, one knob drive pedal. That the more you turn it up, the louder it gets, but also the more cranked it gets. Really cool pedal, adds a adds a bit of kind of warm saturation to your tone. Really hard to use if you're not running it into a, a valve amp, but that's kind of the charm of it. The fact that it's a one knob pedal, it's a bit awkward to use, a little bit like um, fuzz faces as well. The fact that you've got to turn it all the way up to get the best tone. I'm straight, and it's that's the charming bit of it. That it's just a bit, you have to work with it, but it it's kind of cool. They've I, I, made I it really feel like it gives that sort of um, '90s Britpop uh, sound 
absolutely spot on. What, the cranker? Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what it does. It it gives like an oversaturating speaker sound. But it's so not it, like a high gain pedal. It's kind of like... Oh, not at all, yeah, not at all. Yeah. It's it's really nice, actually. I, I kind of want one. I might borrow yours. Um, you Will, you know. <laughs> will, you? You might, might, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's... Like, the original one was was kind of a bit of a quirky pedal that you've got to you've got to really want to work with to make it work um they've taken all of the all of the barrier to entry out of it and made it like incredibly easy to use which makes sense but loses some of the charm of the original for me because i like the fact that it's a little bit awkward and the fact it's a bit like um a bit like a range master, isn't it? Where part of the charm of that is that you have to absolutely crank the bollocks off it in front of a cooking amp. And it's yeah. not the, the sound that you've got to be using every day because your neighbours will moan. But <laughs> when you do use it, it's an absolutely beautiful tone. Yeah. And so what they've done to this, they've given you uh, three controls, level, tone and more. So basically like a pre and post gain, I'd assume. More was the control on the other one. So on the original yeah. one, not one, more was the control you had. Yeah, yes. so that will be the quote-unquote gain control, obviously. It's yeah. not not like it's not a super high gain thing, but it's like that's where you get your edge from, and then volume, I assume, is so that you can bring it back down to unity and have... Yeah, it's like a master volume, isn't it? Yeah. So like your post-gain post and your pre-gain. Yeah. Um, and then I assume tone is like a one knob tone control. Yeah, the fact you've got a tone control on this is offensive. Um, <laughs> it's just annoying because again, like once whole, you yeah. once on, you I cranked up, th- the... think about it in context of different amps. It might not have been right for certain amps. It might have been too bright for some amps. It might have been too dark for others. So maybe it's just a kind of like almost like a presence, just to kind of be in it, make it so you can get that tone. Do you know what else has got a presence though? Your amp. My dick. Well, might. It might. It also might not. A lot of amps don't have presents. Yeah, um, I know they don't. But you, you know what I mean. Like, the whole yeah. point of this panel was... I love, I love where the... we've devolved. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, the whole point of this panel was just to give you a bit more of yeah. your amp sound. The, yeah, it was, was, it was a, sim- it. a simple thing, wasn't it? It was a, a really... simple thing to give you more of your amp so that you did, instead of having to turn up your preamp... You just kick the front end a little bit harder. Mm. I, I get the impression that this has come about from what people have said about it. I, I bet people have been like, oh, this is great. I just wish it had like a, I wish I could control yeah, yeah. the volume, the overall volume. I wish I could control the overall tone. And, and, and if I you guarantee tone, all the people who ask for that won't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I mean, this, in... the, the original the speaker crank is discontinued. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, it was discontinued before. Or like way before this, so um, it makes sense that they're reissuing it. I just it kind of it disappoints me that they didn't stick to their guns with just how how characterful this pedal was. In fact, I would have I would have respected it more if they would have released a no knob version of this where they just had that with the volume up full. 
I and mean, they they didn't even call it the cranker. They just called it the what you're going to do about it. <laughs> take, take the foot switch off it and just have it as a buffer. <laughs> Absolutely. Call it the Absolutely. Noel Gallagher. <laughs> yeah. So, so there is that. I mean, it's it's now got um, clipping control as well between germanium and silicon, which it, it is what it is. I think the one that I've got is silicon um, silicon diodes. I can't remember. I made it a long time ago, and I've not even warmed up my soldering iron in about three years. So <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. It's also got so it's got a the the EQD flexi switch, which allows you to switch between uh, latching mode and momentary, which is a thing, I suppose. It also yeah, allows you I to. Don't, I don't know why you'd want a, a, a drive on momentary to use it as like a a lead boost. Yeah, I mean, I mean the spark button when he does that. Lead that you're playing. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Yeah, just like little licks between, uh, like between chords, a bit kind of. Yeah, I, that's the only thing I could ever think of using a momentary switch for. What else was? What, what's, what else is a momentary switch for? Adding a little bit of modulation to the end of um, end of a riff or something along those lines, so you can add like a bit of vibrato to the end of. A riff like you would add finger vibrato, or you could add um, some uh, some shimmer to the end of a uh, a line. So if you want to like play something and then have like it kind of trail off when you stop playing it, like this sort of magical unicorn shimmer piss, you could um you could use a momentary <laughs> one like that, and then when you um, release it, it could have trails on it. Um, also, then the, you've got expression pedals, and you've got things like um, hold pedals, so like delays with hold. So you've got uh, oscillation, so pedals can go into self oscillation. That's perfect for momentary. Uh, may I continue? I was thinking I mean, the EHX freeze yeah. and having that as a, like a sustainy boy uh, that would the work. Plus pedal as well. The, yeah. the freeze has a, um, has a momentary option, but like, let's think about how many drive pedals have got that now. No. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the original point stands. Yeah, I don't think a drive <laughs> pedal needs a momentary switch. I really don't. So this also has got, uh, it can be run from 9 to 18 volts as well, which for something as low gain as this, why yeah. are you running at 18? Like, you're going to get more headroom and less gain. I was going to say, you. It, so the whole thing about this is it's low gain. So you're going to take the gain away? <laughs> That's it. Subtle. Yeah. <laughs> just at that point, why not just buy a clean boost? Exactly. I mean, like in defence for for this one, it is ninety nine dollars, so it's not exactly breaking the bank. It's a pretty decent sounding, relatively transparent drive boost kind of thing. I like the sound of it. What I don't like about it is the colour scheme. What the orange? The the the, 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 the I like the colour, but it's those two those two kind of like I just don't think they, they sit together nicely. It reminds me of the seventies. Seventies wallpaper. Don't think it's What's wrong with the seventies? It was the best one. Ugh, seventies wallpaper. <laughs> I went into a house the other day and it like hasn't been decorated since like the seventies and it was like 
I mean, have you seen the door behind me? Is there anything more 1970s than that fucking door? Yeah. Like, the one thing my missus was bitching about when we looked at this place, I mean, it's it's dirt cheap to rent, so that's why we ended up here, but, like, she was just like, I hate the doors, and I'm like, what do you mean you hate the doors? Oh, they're very 70s, and I'm like, it's a door. I think she was on about the band. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm with her, I'm with her. Like, don't get it. Just don't get the doors. um, Do you know? I quite like the doors. We were going to buy new doors, actually, but what we're going to do instead is put some beading on them and paint them. So they actually look nicer. What, like nana beading? Like you get in a, like a nana kitchen, like mm. strips of beads. Oh no, 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 no not like <laughs> oracle beading. Yeah. Don't mind oh, about the vase. The vase. Vase, indeed. Right. So I think that's that's as much about the um, the game changer. With, sorry, not the game changer. The e <laughs> eqd. We we are eventually going to talk about the game changer, Bixby. Not this week though, because we are we're an hour and twenty, and I'm not doing that to you. You're not you're not getting a, a Christmas special in what is May now. So Should we do a solstice this is where special we're... halfway through the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long longest day, longest podcast. No, we're not going to do that. Maybe we will. Who knows? Let us know in the in the podcast group if you would like an extra really fucking long podcast. We'll do it. We will. Will we? Threatening you, you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, thanks, massive, massive, massive thanks, as always, to our Patreon backers, one of which was mentioned for his incredibly hot take this week. Um, for as little as $2 a month, you can be one of those, that exclusive, exclusive crew. They are just just sexier than usual people. I don't know. I, I haven't worked out the science, but you can be that too. As a little as two dollars a month. So we have got Mr. Andrew Bibson. We have got Mr. Adam Yeomans. We have got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprising Podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh G Rection. <laughs> that we do. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher, Fletcher Pickups. And we have got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks Podcast and the Second Button Podcast. Listen to all those podcasts. They are. They're decent. They are good for your ears. Boodoo. Um So if you want to catch me online, I am Budget Pedal Chap. You find me at Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talk All Tone series. And the home to the No Talk All Tone Versus series now too. Matt, we can find you on the internet at here yes. underscore Matt Q. Yes. Twitter yes. and at Twinstagram. Way, I got it right. And Lee's buggered off by the looks of it. So see you, Lee. You can find <laughs> him on Pedalboards of Doom. He's he's around. Yes, I am. I am from Pedalboards of Doom. Thank you, Lee. Um, and so <laughs> from myself, from Lee, better 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 do. I'm the worst one. <laughs> and from from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Sarah Rabi, goodbye. Okay, Lee. Calm down. Pipe down. Pipe down. Lad.
two cats are having a swimming race. One is called one, two, three. The other is called un, deux, trois. Which one won? I don't know. One, two, three. Because un, deux, trois, cats sunk. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that's good enough for me. <laughs>